Hello, Parkview. This is Thomas Hoke, and I want to welcome you to the Parkview Groups podcast. Uh, my goal with this podcast each week will be to inform you about some things going on around Parkview that you might be interested in, to guide you as group members and leaders, and particularly for group leaders to train you. So I know there's a new podcast. I want to give just a note of explanation. So over the last, uh, I don't know, half a year or so, I've been making a podcast specifically for community group leaders, where each week I would uh, give them an update on some things going on around Parkview. I would guide them through the passage that they would be discussing with with the group uh, in the coming week, and then to give some training, some practical uh sort of help and training on how to make disciples in the context of their community group. And as I thought about it, I thought, why not open this up to more people? People had been asking me about it. They were interested in it. And for the the time I was putting in, I I think it makes sense uh, to open this up to to everyone that's in and part of uh, Parkview Group. So if you're listening to this and you're a group member, welcome. So happy to have you here. I hope you enjoy this. I hope it's meaningful for you. I hope that it, it becomes part of your weekly routine. Each episode, uh, like I said, includes sort of a three segments. First of all, I inform you, sort of inform, guide, and train. Those are the, the three keywords. Inform you about some key things going on around Parkview. It's sort of a digest of the weekly email, so to speak. Um, so inform, guide, guide through the passage, gain the big picture of it, navigating any speed bumps and giving a pu- couple of places to land an application. And finally, training. So that's the one thing that's um, that I did with the group leaders podcast that I do a little differently <laughs> now. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not a group leader, then you don't need to listen to the training part um, because you're not a group leader. But uh, if you're a group leader, go ahead and listen to that. That's the last one. It's the last, you know, last five or 10 minutes of the podcast will be that. If you if you want to grow in making disciples, if you if you've thought of leading a group in the future, or you're just curious, go ahead and listen and hear what what your group leaders are hearing. Uh, but I hope the whole sort of impact of this is that you feel um, more equipped to make disciples in your group um, and and in life uh, as we grow in the Word. I hope this this leads to you feeling way more prepared for discussing the passage, way more prepared to hear it preached even to you. I'm, I'm curious to see what effect this has on us as preachers as we, we know we're coming to talk to people who have, who have heard, you know, a lot, of, a lot of background about this passage and, and prepared and meditated on it before we're even getting up there to preach. So anyway, this week we're learning from Acts 18, 1 through 17. And for future leaders or current leaders who stick around for the training segment, I'm excited to talk about the power of permission in discipleship. So let's go. All right. That's the sound that that tells you that this is the inform segment. I want to inform you uh, about the Bible reading plan at Parkview. So we make this Bible reading plan. It's a two-year plan. So you read through the Bible in two years. It's sort of a go-at-your-own-pace thing. If you're starting out the year and you want to have a plan for reading the Bible, we've made one for you. If you want to help others, encourage them uh, as they try to be faithful in, in daily Bible reading, this would be a great, uh, useful thing for you, especially as we're starting the year. It's a good time to jump in, not feel like you're way behind or anything like that. It's it's always good to have a plan. I, I know it does <laughs> makes a big difference for me. Uh, secondly, the Women's Retreat is coming out February 10th and 11th. That'll be at Central Campus, a Women's Retreat. 
February 10th and 11th. You can register for that on the Church Center app, and I'll try to remember to put a link in the episode notes uh, below this episode. Uh, and then finally, uh, this is the group's podcast you're listening to, but we also have are making another one, which is actually brand new, not just uh, taking something we're doing and tweaking it, uh, and that's the training podcast. So uh, you'll expect sort of different kinds of things on the training podcast. Some of it will be sort of oriented toward helping you grow in just growing as a Christian, reading the Bible and how to share your faith and all those kinds of things, prayer, whatever. Um, and some of it will be sort of sh sharing stories from around Parkview. Um, right now, there's an episode where I interview Stuart Chamberlain, who is a Parkview uh, community group leader and uh, has a great British accent. You can listen to that. Um, he's got a great story of coming to faith in Christ. Um, the, the content from uh, when Sam Alberry came and visited is up there. So we'll have more and more of that stuff coming on the training podcast. So do yourself a favor and subscribe to this one, the group's podcast and the training podcast. You'll hear a lot more about what's going on around Parkview. Now, I always say the mission statement of groups. So we remember what we're all about here. Community groups make whole disciples by cultivating an environment of relational safety where the spiritual initiative of the group leads to the growth of each member. That's what we're all about. The core purpose of each group is that each member grows in Christ. That is what I ask of group leaders is to, to cultivate those values, relational safety, the people trusting one another, being vulnerable with one another. Um, and finally, spiritual initiative, practicing spiritual initiative, asking that question. The question I've asked your group leaders to be consistently seeking to help you answer for yourself is, what is my next step with Christ? So if you've heard them asking that of you a lot, don't be surprised. I asked him, I asked him to do that. Um, and that's what spiritual initiative looks like, not just from them as leaders to you, but you with your fellow group members. How are you encouraging them to take the next step in Christ as well? So that is our inform segment. Let's go on. That sound means we have moved on to the guide segment of this podcast. We want to get a big picture of the passage for this upcoming Sunday. We want to navigate any speed bumps that could disrupt our discussion and give a couple of places for you to land in application. I hope this is really helpful for you as you prepare to hear this sermon and to discuss it with uh, fellow group members, whatever the Lord might do in helping you learn the word, apply it to your own life and encourage others in your group. I hope it's a blessing. So Acts 18, 1 through 17. What I'll do is I'll sort of read through the passage and I'll pause at certain points to give a couple of little insights and then I'll wrap it up uh, by giving you kind of my impressions of uh, the big picture of the passage, like I said, and a couple places to apply it. So Acts 18, 1 through 17. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. So I'll pause there. Uh, we see that in that second verse. They, this Jew named Aquila uh, is in Corinth. Because they had been kicked out of Rome. Uh, now, why include this detail? Well, think about this. Priscilla, um, Priscilla and Aquila were recently uh, kicked out of their home in Rome. Uh, it must have been an incredible trial for them uh, to have Claudius. We know the, the ruler Claudius just said, look, if you're a Jew, you, you're out of here. You are, you are out of here. And sh certainly they must have thought, this, there's no way this can 
any good can come of this. But we see that uh, not only here in Acts 18, but when we read the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, that um, them being kicked out of Rome was an incredible help to the gospel spreading. So it's a good reminder that God uses even really terrible circumstances for his purposes, and he's doing that in your life now too. Uh, It's also interesting here to see just sort of everyday Paul working a nine-to-five job. He's making tents, it seems, uh, or uh, it's a little bit debated. Is it tents? Is it sort of leather working? It's not exactly clear. But he's working his nine-to-five. He's making disciples on the side. We see, you know, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. We often see Paul as sort of a a, a huge, hulking, sort of academic mind. Um, But here's Paul just working his job. Just, just making the money he needs to, to live and eat, and he's he's making disciples. And so let's let's not forget that while he is, you know, sort of this huge figure, especially in the second half of Acts and in the whole Bible, of course, but he is also very much like us, and uh, he worked to make his ends meet and, um, and made disciples. Uh, let's move on. Verse 5. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. I'll pause there. Now, when it says, from now on, I'll go to the Gentiles, I'm leaving the synagogue, leaving the the Jewish people behind. It's clear that he didn't mean that he would never again share Christ with a Jewish person uh, or that he would exclusively, you know, never darken the door of a synagogue again. We know uh, what he's saying here is that, that he is clearly receiving the rejection of this particular group of, of Jewish people. And uh, we see what he does, and he moves on here in verse 7. He left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, uh, or Titius, different pronunciations of that, Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord, together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. Now, it's good to good to just pause there and say, do you notice what happened? They believed and then they were baptized. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I should probably be baptized, then I'd love to talk to you. Uh, Baptism is what we sort of see in the Bible as God's expectation for those who come to trust Christ. And so are you baptized? Just a simple question. All right, verse nine. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, and we're going to really camp out here for a second. The Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, up till now, this has been a pretty sort of standard missionary city visit, you know, story. We have loads of these in the book of Acts, where Paul and Paul and a few companions, whatever it is, uh, they go to a city, they share Christ, and they eventually kind of get rejected. And it's always worth noting sort of the details that make each little story different from another. Keep in mind, lots of things happen when Paul was in Corinth. It, not just these things. We know he was there for, it, it seems like, a, a year and a half, more, more than that. And so lots of things happen. And Luke, the author of Acts, is only giving us sort of a little picture into what happened, recording the most significant details. And this was one very significant detail, that the Lord appeared to Paul. Keep in mind, he's been sort of harassed all across the ancient world. Like I said, the story usually goes, Paul shares Christ with people. A few people come to faith in the synagogue, but eventually the Jews come, you know, and kick him out and or beat him up or whatever it happens to be. Instead, Paul is able to stay there for 
way longer than he's in almost any other place. And it's because of this, because the Lord appears to Paul in a vision. And this is what he says. And here's what I want you to think about as you hear this. I'm going to read it to you again. This is a passage worth really meditating on. What words from Jesus would reassure you to keep speaking and be silent? I want you to think about that. I'll read it again. The Lord said to Paul one night, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in the city who are my people. You know, that's true for you too. Um, it, it, it's heartening to me to see that the Lord Jesus had to appear to Paul in order to reassure him so that he would stop being afraid. The Apostle Paul was afraid. Do not be afraid. Jesus said that to him because he was afraid. He had been beaten up. He had. Some people think he lost an eye. Um, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. I wonder, what, what do you need to hear from the Lord to be convinced that that's true for you too? that you can go on speaking about Christ and not be silent. Why, why is it that you're often silent for Christ when, when opportunities either appear or why haven't you gone forth to find those opportunities, that, that marketplace, that, that work connection, whatever it might be, that group of friends that you could, you could open your mouth about Christ with? What is it that, what, that God would need to speak into your life in the way that Jesus did with Paul to reassure you? I am with you, he said to Paul. What if you knew that at the deepest level? No one will attack you. No one will harm you. I have many in the city who are my people. Parkview, God has many in our city who are his people. Now, there's no, God has not made his promise to protect us necessarily, but we know the worst things can never touch us because of Christ. But I want you to think about that. That would be a great thing to show up to group with some thought on that. So I'll move to verse 12. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal, saying, this man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. I'll pause there. Now, it's, it seems clear that when they say he's persuading people to worship contrary to the law, they're not talking about the Jewish law, which we know the Roman governor would have no interest in. But particularly, we know that at that time, uh, the nation of Rome, the whatever the empire of Rome, I guess, um, would allow certain religious groups to meet regularly, but not all of them. Um, we, we sort of just expect that we're allowed to congregate because of the freedoms we enjoy, but that was not the case in ancient Rome. Only if you were sort of registered with the empire would you be allowed to meet together. And so what they're saying is, contrary to the Roman law, which only allowed approved groups, which meant the synagogue was one of those approved groups, the Jewish people in their synagogue could meet regularly. They're saying Paul is claiming to be part of our protection that we have from Rome, but he's not. He's not one of us. He doesn't deserve the same protection that he's enjoying. He should not be able to meet with his people. So this man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the Roman law um, and therefore should not be allowed to. Verse 14, but when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or a vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since it is a matter of questions about words and names in your own law, see, it to, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. And he drove them from the tribunal. And so this is a, this is a huge win for the, the church in Corinth in particular. And it's, it's no surprise that we see the church of Corinth really thriving. Um, in, in later years. And with first and second Corinthians, we know this is a solidly established church with many people who become Christians and had big influence in the ancient world. 
um, and at least part of it was the precedent. This this ruling, so to speak, by Gallio, uh, established a precedent that the the protections that were afforded to the Jews under the Roman law would also be afforded to the Christian church. And so this was huge, and obviously a fulfillment of Jesus' Jesus' promise to Paul in that dream that there are many in the city who are my people, I'm with you, and I will protect you. Um, But the story ends on a bit of a sour note. Uh, Verse 17, they all seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But Gallio paid no attention to any of this. Now, we're not exactly sure who Sosthenes is. Uh, It seems my my thought, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is, but my thought is as probably um, a Jewish non-believer who replaced Crispus as the ruler of the synagogue in that city, we, who we met earlier, who became a Christian, and that the the crowd is the, the Jews who just lost their court case, basically. They're beating Sosthenes because he mishandled the prosecution persecution of Paul. But anyway, okay, we've, we've gotten a really good view of the passage here. I usually go a little shorter than this, but I don't know, maybe I'm excited today. Anyway, the big idea here that I'd, I'd want us to just think about and prepare for this uh, time of discussion would be Christ's assurance empowering our mission. Christ's assurance empowering our mission. We saw that that word, that promise, that coming to that vision that that Paul received from the Lord Jesus and how it empowered his mission. And that's what I want you to think about, um, is how, what word spoken by the Lord to, over you, to you, would motivate you or could or does motivate you to take the next step to make disciples of Jesus, in uh, particularly in evangelism, uh, you guys might remember uh, not too long ago. Well, last last fall, this sorry, the last fall that was. I don't know how you say that. Um, I sent out uh, a little document on kind of evangelism tips and tricks, and not tricks, but um, uh, just some help, some practical help. We're in the Book of Acts, which has a ton of evangelism. And so maybe you're already sort of just a little weary in your soul of being exhorted to share Christ with others. Um, I get it. And so I, I put that out there. Maybe I'll put a link to that in the in the episode notes for this one too. Um, but that's what I want you to think about as you come to group uh, whenever that happens this week or next. Um, I also want you to think about uh, Sunday mornings. We want Sunday mornings to be a disciple-making culture. We know at East Campus and Central Campus, there's every week there are people there um, who either don't know Christ or who, well, whoever is there that we can encourage to grow in Christ. Um, we're, we're not okay with it just kind of being the, the, the Sunday worship service is over and now let's all go to our cars and not talk to anyone. Um, I want you to remember ABC, ask, befriend, comfort. Um, ask, ask someone what they learned about the sermon. Uh, befriend, if there's someone new, befriend them. Be on the lookout for people who are new and comfort. Are there fellow believers that you could um, comfort in Christ, encourage in Christ? A, B, C, ask, befriend, and comfort. Um, So if you're not a leader, feel free to stop this episode now and we'll see you next week. If you are, you're thinking maybe one day you might want to become a community group leader or you just want to learn more about how to make disciples, uh, keep listening. But that's the end of the inform and the guide segments, and I'm going to move on to train. So have a great week. Leaders, stay here. All right. Now, I'm going to keep this training segment short this week because, as you guys know, we have the community group leader retreat coming up on Saturday. 
uh, from nine to noon at Central Campus. So I will see you then. So I'm going to keep this kind of on the short side because we'll have a lot of time training, so to speak, on Saturday. So I want to talk to you about the power of persuasion. Here's a question. How do I exercise real spiritual initiative, real uh, real assertiveness to help those around me grow in Christ, uh, particularly in my community group, but elsewhere too? How do I do that? Really be assertive, almost aggressive to help others learn Christ, asking good questions, you know, expecting a lot from them, challenging them, um, being serious about encouraging them and following up, all those things that we think of that come to mind when we think of spiritual initiative. How do I do all of that without compromising the sense of relational safety that we know is the foundation for any of that spiritual initiative really sticking. Um, we need relational safety because that's that's what enables our spiritual initiative to actually gain any traction. It's no good sort of just shouting at people to change <laughs> if, they, if they aren't deeply assured that we love them, uh, that we're trustworthy with their secrets and with their with their souls, really, um, whether that's, you know, group leader to group member or just friend to friend. So how do we do that? How do we exercise real spiritual initiative without compromising uh, the safety in that relationship? Now, as I said, I'm keeping this short, so I can't say everything. But when I say the power of permission, what I'm saying is this. One easy way to do that, to maintain that sort of balance, that tension, that's however you want to call that, Strong spiritual initiative without ruining relational safety is to simply ask for permission. And here's what I mean. Here's what it would sound like. I'm just going to give a handful of examples here so you get the gist. Would you mind if I ask you a spiritual question? Could I just encourage you about that? Would you be okay if I just dig a little deeper on that, what you just said? Do you think you're ready to take a next step in that area? Would I be out of line to, to ask just kind of an awkward question? This is so weird. Would that be okay? Do you see what I'm saying there? All right, so what I'm saying is when we ask tough questions, when we, um, when we need to press into each other's lives and really uh, either whether it's asking a hard question or saying something difficult or whatever it's going to be, it can be really helpful to give people an out, to ask their permission by saying, you know, would you mind if I ask you this? Now, it might be it's you and, and another group. It's a group, you leader with a group member. And you just, you've had good talks. You've had, uh, you have a good relationship, but you just haven't really had a, you haven't, you don't feel like you really know where they're at. Are they growing? Are they encouraged? Are they discouraged? Are they frustrated? You just don't know. And you feel like it'd be, it almost be weird for you, maybe particularly with men, I experience this, okay, to say, hey, how are you doing spiritually? You just feel like that'd be almost too weird to say. It would be too forward, too assertive, too aggressive almost. One way that I, I find to navigate that is to sort of dignify them by just giving them the opportunity to say no. <laughs> so that's what that first example, would you mind if I just ask you a spiritual question? They can say no. Now, if you have any sort of self-awareness, you know most people aren't going to feel super comfortable saying no. So you need to be careful here because you could really go up the wrong tree here um, and, and kind of turn people off. But this is a great way to sort of let people let you influence them. 
um, and to be open to if, if that's not okay right now. Now you have to look at their face. <laughs> you have to notice them and really pay attention. So that when you ask that question, would you mind if I, would you mind if I ask you something? Do, do you think you're ready to take a next step in this area? Would I be out of line to ask just an, just kind of an awkward question? Um, and, and if you look at their face and you know them at least a little bit, you'll know if the answer, even if they say that's fine, you'll know by looking at them, uh, if the answer is actually uh, not really, you know what I mean? And you need to read their uh, sort of body language and nonverbals more than you do maybe their words at that point. So ask for permission. We know people won't really grow against their will because one of the things the Lord wants to change about us is our will. And so we want to help people grow. Asking permission dignifies them. And, and you're saying, in effect, I won't press any harder than you're comfortable with right now. Um, so, I commend this to you, the power of permission. Uh, try this. If there's uh, an occasion where you're able to do it, let me know. Tell me how it goes. We'll talk about it uh, in person in our next time we get together for our coaching time, whether it's me or Mike that's your coach, and we'll talk about it. So community groups, what do we exist for? To make whole disciples by cultivating an environment of relational safety where the spiritual initiative of the group leads to the growth of each member. So let me send you out in prayer. Will you pray with me? Lord, we pray that this week our people would grow in Christ, that Christ would receive much glory as we discuss Acts 18. Thank you so much for this passage, Lord. We pray that you would take the truths of this passage and bring them home to our people's hearts, that we would grow to maturity in Christ. Show us ways, Lord, that we could encourage our group members Show us ways that we could challenge them through this word that we should. Um, make us bold to, to exercise real spiritual initiative and make us wise to establish relational safety. Um, most of all, Lord, we just pray that you would be glorified through our discussion, uh, through our time together, that people would sense Christ and grow in him. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. All right, group leaders and group members who stuck around, uh, I'll see you group leaders on Saturday at the retreat. And group members, I'll see you sometime soon. All right. Bye.